Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. This podcast is about all things outdoor photography, including landscapes, wildlife, macro, and more. The show features two talented photographers, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, who bring their different experiences in photography to the podcast. The show is released weekly every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In today's episode, Henry and Ryan talk about some recent projects they've been working on, including Ryan's new photo book and Henry's recent webinar. But firstly, they discuss eBird and the pros and cons of using it, and photography outings lately, or upcoming backpacking overnights coming up soon. Welcome back okay. to episode 44 of the All Doors Photography Podcast, and today we have a very, very improvised podcast for you guys. <laughs> yeah, like most of our episodes, we honestly kind of wing it. Well, I guess not all of them, but I mean, we have do have scripts, um, but this one, we're just making it up as we go, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of a general update, projects, everything. Um, before yeah. we start, though, I do want to mention that we have a Patreon. Um if you would like to sign up for the Patreon, we've got a link down below. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And it's not just a fee. You know, you get extra content with that. Um, there's separate videos you can watch about it if you would like to know more about it. But a uh, link to that is down below. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's got a lot of things that Henry and I worked on thoroughly. We want to do things that are going to be very beneficial for the viewers here and listeners. Um, just fun stuff, like just interacting with us more, having more kind of like exclusive like uh, live streams. Uh, there's a portfolio review feature, which I, I really hope people take advantage of in the higher tier. Um, and yeah, just lots of cool benefits and packages, you know, and stuff to really engage with the community, I think would be, be a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, link is that link to that is down below. We'd really appreciate it. Yep, we really would. Yeah, so uh, what have you been shooting recently, right? <laughs> Uh, good question. Um, well, this time of year, um, especially with festival season and everything, it's been opening back up. Um, August, um, as the time we're recording, this is early August, um, it's been pretty busy for me on the weekends um, with those events. But um, in the meantime, on the weeknights, um, I emphasize the evenings, weeknights, I'll just, I'll just go out for a couple hours with the camera. And I've um, been doing quite a different different things. Um, I went to a new location, which um, there's a new video upload on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's uh, Daniel's Peace Memorial Park. And uh, that was a really cool place in Germantown, Ohio. Um, I've never been to before, uh, but have been like anticipating for probably over a year now. And I uh, finally got the time to go, and it, it definitely was worth it. Um, lots of cool photos there, some different stuff for me. Um, photographing like this little building out in the meadow and prairie. Um, you just have to see the video and the photos to really, I guess, get a sense of what I'm talking about here. But it's, it's a really cool location, um, I think. And um, it was great for landscape photography uh, that evening. Um, I think other than that, um, I've do, been doing more cityscape photography. Um, I went back to the same exact same location that I did um, my hometown of Dayton, Ohio, uh, doing a panorama or several of them at that um, during you know sunset. Um, and I finally nailed down the uh, five fountains going off uh, composition. It's a panorama. I think I did about four or five uh, images together vertically uh, with the camera. Uh, finally nailed that panorama, which is really cool. And um, yeah, those are like the two most recent that come to mind. Um, just photographing some flowers in macro style at a local garden, uh, just stuff like that, really. But um, yeah, I got a couple of hikes coming up um, in the coming weeks. 
um, some like backpacking overnight trips and I'm going to bring the camera along. So nice. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm going to, it's going to be all solo. So I can just focus on me and the camera and, you know, backpacking stuff, cook some meals. Should be a lot of fun. Is it pretty like pretty remote backpacking trip or? Um, yeah, it's a couple of Metro parks, um, in my area. They're about 30, 40 minute drive from my house, but I've, I've been to them extensively before in the past year or two. And, um, they definitely deliver. They're, they're incredibly like scenic and photogenic. Um, and not too many people go out there to hike, but they're, they're some of my favorite locations. Um, they're like thousands of acres and it's like wooded ravines, um, just lots of, uh, streams and creeks. I mean, it's cedar, cedar glades. It's got like just beautiful old growth trees. Um, it's probably about as uh, scenic as Ohio gets, honestly, for woodland, especially. But um, yeah, it's it's great. So I've never camped there before, but you know, I'm probably gonna bring the tent and/or hammock and uh, try it out. So and then get some photos of sunset and sunrise. Well, um, we'll see. I'm just gonna play awesome. it by ear. Yeah. Maybe you'll see so. like a, a bobcat or something too. Um, those <laughs> you know what? That'd that'd be really cool though. Um, out there, it's because like you said, it is it is really remote. Um, your question, yeah, it's. It could, I could see it happening. It could be a possibility, so we I mean, will that'd, see, I that'd guess. That would probably be the place to see something like that, I would think, out in the wilderness. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's, I mean, it's outside of a city, Germantown, that it is. Um, but it's like these two metro parks that are like sandwiched um, with the this town in middle in the middle. Um, they're just, yeah, it's very, very just remote. It's quiet. You know, you really won't see people for hours, honestly, um, including these campsites. So it should be fun. Primitive camping at that, I'll say. It's not glomping or any of that stuff. I'm not I'm not too interested in those, <laughs> quite frankly. So I like to pitch a tent and kind of rough it more. Yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing the photos from that. Are you going to do any uh, vlogs or anything on that? Ooh, yeah, good question. <laughs> you know me, I'm, I'm always at the work to something. Um, so I'm doing three of them. Um, it's going to be three Thursdays in a row. So I'm just going to do some single overnights and hike before and after, you know, while, while it's daylight. Um, but I do have a video idea in mind. I've had in mind, I'll say, for months now. And it's basically like a silent film where I'm not speaking, but it's just going to be the nature of sounds and everything. But it's going to be just like um, – think of like Morton Hilmer's quiet sections where he's just not talking, but he's just doing things. It's kind of going to be like that, if oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah so it's going to be it's going to be just basically like – I guess B-roll in a sense is just going to be, it's, it's going to be all that. It's going to be me hiking. It's going to be like an emphasis on audio and sound is what I'm picturing, you know, as the idea for this video. And it's me setting up my tent. It's going to be just, but like I said, it's not me talking at all. It's just going to be me pitching the tent, starting up that stove, cooking a meal, you know, shutting out the lights for the night, got all the bugs and whatever else, you know, sounds, I guess that night. And then I wake up, might do some camera stuff. I don't know. It, it's a cool idea. I really want to try it out. So I think I'm going to do it on this trip. It seems pretty likely I'll, you know, get around to it. That's a great idea. Um, it's not as many people do that style. Like even though some of the big names do it, like I feel like there's still, it's kind of a new uh, segment of like the vlogging community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say I kind of shamelessly stole the idea. Uh, Morton Hilmer is definitely an inspiration, but, um, um, I was watching a Dave Morrow um, YouTube video he put out um, a couple months ago, I think, by now. And it was basically like that, where it was just like a silent film, where he's just like pitching the tent stuff. So I will say I'm kind of like copying it in a sense, but I'm definitely adding my own spin to it, of course, and um, you know my own touch, I guess, on it. 
Yeah. But uh, it's it definitely inspired by those two guys in particular and what they do for videos. Cool. Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, thank you. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it at the moment, photography-wise. Um, so what about you? Uh, well, I, I took a break after I got back from Michigan. I took like a two, about a two-week break, um, which was nice. I, yeah, I still worked on, you know, computer stuff, but I uh, I took a break from out-in-the-field stuff. Um, but this week, I, I went back out there. Um, I shot my first vlog, which is pretty cool. Uh, it, it was fun to make. Uh, it's up there now, if you guys would like to watch. Um, I So I originally went out on that trip uh, looking for a barred owl because I saw an eBird alert. There had been one um, right where I actually was. That's where the vlog was filmed. Um, I originally, if you watched the video, I started out looking for this barred owl, uh, but I quickly ran into some deer, which is interesting. Um, but uh, I went back today as well looking for this barred owl because I, uh, I have a neighbor who actually lives, this park is actually really near my house. And this neighbor lives like closer to the park and she saw the owl in the park when she was walking. So uh, on a tip from her, I went out and I, she told me the specific woods it was in. I, I searched the whole woods for like two hours. I couldn't find it, but uh, I'm working on it, you know. Uh, so last year, uh, when I first got my wildlife lens, I saw a barred owl twice in two days and haven't seen an owl since. So it's kind of like the elusive thing for me. I want to go back with my better camera settings and, you know, better knowledge of photography. Uh, but it's ever elusive, but hopefully I'll find it soon. That's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah, I mean, owls, you ask any owl or <laughs> I think it's what they call themselves. And it's <laughs> like, it's a, it's a tough game to get into. They're very uh, stealthy. You know, the wing beats are completely silent. And I can confirm that. I've, I've heard barred owls and great horned owls uh, pretty close to me in treetops. And it's like they'll fly tree to tree and you don't, you do not hear it. It's, it's crazy. But um, yeah, they're tough ones to photograph too, especially. Mm -hmm. And the, the hard part was I also saw some owl droppings as well on a trail. And Ooh. it was like, you know. Like the, the owl pellets? Yep. Um, and then th that just made it worse. Like, I was like, I knew I know it's here, but like it's not <laughs> here right now. Like, come back. <laughs> but, you know, taunting you. Yeah. I'll find it at some point, I'm sure. I'm going to keep going. It's so close to my house. I can just go frequently. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see. I've found so many pellets, man. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've only I've only photographed that one species of barred owl, and you know, hopefully uh, this winter too, maybe I'll find some more as well. It, it's definitely easier when the foliage starts to clear up. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how I don't know like how many owls there are in relation to summer and the winter, uh, but uh, you know that should be a good season for that too. Uh, mm yeah do you uh, do you get um short-eared owls at all do you get those in kentucky i i'm pretty sure yeah okay because we have a special prairie up here um near, near where i live at the east and yeah they come down there come down here rather to um every winter or so so it's like a pretty popular attraction people go photograph them but it's like in this one location only i believe it's pretty much mm. exclusive but yeah it's pretty cool yeah, it's just it's very it's very challenging. So I'm sure if I do get the shot, it'll be very rewarding. It's not just like a it's not just a simple thing to get. Um, and I thanks for thanks to eBird too, because without eBird, I probably wouldn't even know where to look in the first place. Uh, mm -hmm. But 
Yeah, hopefully I find that. So. Shout out to Eber. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the best resource in existence, in my opinion. Like, field guides are great, but, like, Eber, it's, like, a whole other level. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I can agree with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, just keep track of that records. Do you have set on your email? Or um, I, think it's, I think it's only email, not text, but do you have the alerts set up? You know, I do, are? yes. Um, for, okay. I think for... I just have them for the Bard Owl right now because that's what's been in my area, but I should probably widen that too as well. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I have mine set for like the my, my home county where I live and then like the nearest one over that I go to a lot and frequent um, for like hourly and daily alerts. And this is general stuff, but it includes my needs, wants, and rarities. Oh, um, so cool. Yeah, but yeah, you can imagine during like spring migration in particular, it like spams the heck out of my inbox. You know, I'll get I'll get like twenty mm. emails a day. You know, because people are just getting these checklists, and there's, yeah. um, you know, I'm about I think about two years into birding, like actually recording my you know sightings and photographing, um, but I'm still getting all these new species like popping up on my alerts just because mm. stuff I haven't quite frankly seen. You know, simply. Yeah, I I may be considered a selfish eBird user because I never record anything. Um, it's just well, it's like I don't know, like I feel like there's already a lot of people on these birds. I know Louisville has a pretty active birding community. Um, I don't want to like put more pressure on the birds, I guess. Right. That's at least how I reason it in my head. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um, I've been noticing recently is like, I've been going to a lot of locations um, to film videos at in the field. And um, if I go to the bird in particular, um, I find there's like no hotspot on eBird for them. And so I make one, you can suggest those, you know, and it, they actually get uploaded and reviewed and pretty much always will, you know, accept them. And it gets kind of, I don't know, I, I check back on them like a couple weeks later, a month later or something. And I'll see like one or two people going on the bird. Now, like I get the point of like the community aspect, like you're supposed to want people to go out there and find them, of course, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm afraid, you know, some places will just get overrun if there is like a rarity or something there like you just never know yeah it's it's crazy how much ebird is used in the burning community like things like that will have an impact um and sometimes it could be positive too because you know you make a hot spot um and there's like donations accepted for that area you might have more donations uh, it's not all negative uh, but i don't know oh yeah i got i got shouted out i think on some email newsletter chain um for birding in ohio and it like it does like the whole state, but I got like a shout out um, for I think in Montgomery County for like putting a hotspot there, They're like thanks to Ryan Taylor. And I was like, oh wow, <laughs> I didn't even know they did this. But um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great, and that's I, it sounds silly because that's the point. But I do put a heavy like asterisk on like the idea of like making these places more publicly known, you know? Because there's just a few locations I'm just like these are my little patches and. You know, I kind of want to keep them that way. My own little secrets, I guess. But, like, some places, it's just they're already so busy as is or, like, you just can't help it with one to suggest it because it's, like, this could be a great spot that, you know, more experienced birders could go to and find more species than I could. That's often the case, at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I've also heard that, um, like, sometimes the – hunting management areas i i got this tip this week actually um from an instagram uh friend that these hunting ma management areas they may not be an e-bird but they're apparently amazing birding spots mm -hmm. uh, so uh, is I, it I, 
is it the wildlife areas is that like what you're referring to yeah like hunting, uh, wildlife wildlife management areas so um you have okay. to be careful of course with hunters um you know wear wear an orange cap or something and until you get close to the bird of course to not scare it away um and uh make sure there aren't if there's an abundance of hunters just leave and check the seasons too of course but i i might try one of those soon I mean, honestly, hunting season doesn't last all year. So, like, you're pretty much yeah. safe from, um, I think, September to January, I think. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so you can go there whenever. I mean, mm. like, I would I would actually forego the idea of, like, I wouldn't advocate for anyone to go, us, our people, <laughs> to go there during, like, hunting season just because you do get intermingled in that kind of thing. And you just don't want to do that. I used to do that when I was inexperienced accidentally, you know, just go there and be like, why holy crap, there's a person, you know, in camouflage um, with a gun and all that. But, um, so I just avoid those places outright during hunting season or depending on the time of year. But um, sometimes you just can't help it and you do need to, like, get some sort of species like a, I don't know, like a ringneck pheasant or something or a wild turkey. And it's like, Ooh. they'll release them during hunting season, like at least Ohio does. They'll release, like, a thousand of them in a certain area and they just roam free and then they get, you know, hunted, of course. And so, like, you can't help it. So, yeah, you could wear some orange or something bright, uh, for fluorescent orange, yellow, doesn't matter. Um, but, I mean, like, spring migration, that's not hunting season. So I'd say have at it. Those, those, those wildlife areas are some of the best kept secrets, I think, for birding. Like, people, they're not, like, a really a place to take your family. They're not really even hiking trails. No. There's, like, no. but it's just, like, tons of acreage, and it's all very... Some of it's mode, of course, but like, so you can walk around areas, but like, it's all in these plots, at least here in Ohio it is. And like, it's just all just there. I don't know. It's cool. There's multiple, multiple habitats and they're just like, you get so many different birds. It's insane. Like, yeah, I don't know. Last spring I got like 40 species or more, you know, at just any given day at some place. So they're great. So I'd highly recommend them. Yeah. I'd. I may not have gotten warblers this year, but uh, next spring irrigation, that's definitely like on my, on my radar. So I'll definitely try to get to one of those. Yeah, man. Yeah. You, you bit the, the warbler bug and it's, it's pretty uh -huh. fun. They're the fun to photograph because just how bright they get. Most of them uh -huh. are like a yellow, yellowish pigment or plumage. I did have, I did have one session with the warblers in Michigan, but it was, it was way too dark. Like it just did not turn out well, but it was fun to observe them. They get really close to you, uh, or at least these warblers that I saw. I think they were pine, but I'm not sure. A pine? Yeah, that's, that's a good species. Um, and that's actually one that lives up to its name, fortunately, too. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's not like some misleading thing. It's like, oh, actually, you can find them there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, that's, that's pretty much it for me in shooting. I think I'll probably go out again this week and uh, film another vlog. Uh, I'll probably do get back to once a week videos because uh, vlogs of the vlog has kind of gotten me back into YouTube a bit. So uh, I think I'll try to do once a week. So. Cool, cool. Did you want to talk about that video a little bit here, or? Uh, yeah, want... sure. Um, so uh, in the video itself, um, like I said, I was searching for an owl. I ran into some deer, so that was pretty interesting. Um, these deer were actually very close to me. Like this one baby kept trying to get closer and closer to me. And I was kind of freaked out, honestly, cause it, it like wouldn't leave me alone. Uh, so, so that was interesting. 
Um, <laughs> and you know, it's, it is, it's, it's hard, but it was kind of easier than I thought to kind of vlog and film at the same time. Um, the only embarrassing part was there were a couple runners that passed me and were like, you know, kind of looking at me like, what the heck is this guy doing? Like he already has a big <laughs> camera and now he's vlogging himself. You know, I got some weird looks with that. Um, even it, that this was like at 6:30 a.m. and there were still people out. Uh, but <laughs> not surprised. Uh, yeah, that's probably what I get for going to a public park in the city. Usually, I go to more uh, isolated areas, but this was uh, more public. Um, and then after that, in the vlog, I found a molted cardinal. Uh, incredibly mm. weird. I didn't even know they existed. Um, I didn't know that Cardinal's molted. Um, it's just a standard Cardinal, and he's just basically missing his head feathers. So that was pretty cool. Um, I like the shot I got of it. Um, probably going to print it, actually. I really, I've been liking these more small and frame bird shots. I know it's cliche nowadays, but I really like them. Uh, so I'll probably print that one. Uh, and you can see that all in the vlog there. And uh, it's, you know, it's not the highest quality in the world. I'm just using my phone. Um, because I only have one camera right now. Uh, when I upgrade next year sometime, uh, I'll have two cameras. But uh, for now, I'm happy with the phone. I got like a little mic attachment, so the audio sounds good. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. So. Right on. You should, though, honestly. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing at first. Like, you know, I, you could go back to my first video, and it's, I'm just terribly awkward. I mean, mm -hmm. I really am not now, but like, I'm much more, I guess, comfortable just being in front of the camera and talking to it. Like it's, it's come, honestly, I don't shut up now if you ask me, but like the earliest videos, I could definitely had this timid nature to me where I was just like, I don't know what to say and then repeat the same things over and it was just terrible. And then, you know, all that stuff and not that yours is, but it's just like, I'm just saying for beginning, it's like, I didn't even know you used a phone either. I thought it was like actual camera. I could tell. <laughs> no, I so I, I had the phone. Um, I have this like Rode Video Micro, which is meant to be a camera mic, and I found this cable that just lets you use it with your phone. So I got the audio figured out, and then I just attached it to a tripod, so like a full size <laughs> tripod. So it's kind of camera like, but not quite. Uh, it doesn't have like the shallow depth of field, but you know it's kind of nice anyway. You kind of see the environment around, so. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, I was certainly surprised. more mobile, too. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised how good it did in low light. Like, it, it was so dark. I mean, that forest, I had to use, like, ISO, like, 12,800 sometimes on my camera for the stills. <laughs> and the phone handled it better than my camera, video-wise. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it, of course, and I'd recommend anyone else, too, as well. I mean, yeah, you did great with it, and it's... It's cool, but yeah, you just gotta keep making them, I guess. You know, you definitely get. I think you, you said you already enjoyed it, which is just great. Mm -hmm. So I think after I made my first one, I was just like, I don't know about this. And then I kind of yeah. like edited it, and I was like, okay, it's it's okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're they're fun to make, you know. And it, so, it really does, like, it seamlessly goes into your workflow. Like, it's almost weird for me to go out without filming a video, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a funny story with me. In March, I actually filmed a full vlog. I gave up completely like i was like i took the footage i got all the footage i just didn't edit it hmm. I, just didn't, episode, I didn't like it and now on this one I, I really like it so it's just something clicked i guess yeah i took a break from it at least 
I don't think yeah. I've ever backed away from like an in the field. I don't think I've backed away from a video at all. I'm just kind of like, I'm such a why not kind of attitude. Like I'll just put it out even if it's only okay. Cause it's just like a moment in time, but yeah, there's a few that are just like, I don't really like, I guess, but like, I never like stop myself from making something or putting it together. Yeah. It's like you said, it just kind of molds into your uh, workflow really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. So keep them up. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. That's, that's a big lengthy updates, but, um, <laughs> yeah. might, as well, Sorry. might as well get to, no, it's all good. We might as well get to the the real deal here of the episode. At least I think what we both want to talk about. So we're going to split this down the middle for the rest of the episode and talk about two topics um, that we're both mm -hmm. going to share here. Yep. All right. Uh, so you want to go first, Ryan? Yeah, sure. All um, right. So, so uh, do you want me to ask the questions or what, how do you want to? I guess. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, well, first of all, in, intro your 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 project first, and then I'll oh, ask some questions. <laughs> now you're embarrassing me. Uh, so I, I recently, finally at least, um, put together a photo book, um, just something uh, real nice and simple. I made it through Blurb. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's 100 pages, um, 100 photos that is. Um, it's more than 100 pages, I guess. But um, it's pretty bare bones, honestly. Um, it's just basically throughout it's spanning five years, the past five years at that. And it's uh, different images I've taken um, all outdoor nature uh, photography, of course. And I just basically curated my favorite ones and put it together in the simple photo book. And um, yeah, so it's been out for now. It's been out for a couple of weeks uh, for sale. Uh, I think I have it priced at $50 for a soft cover. Hmm. But, um, yeah. So uh, how many, do you know approximately how many photos are in there? I think it is a hundred. I think a hundred one, actually, of like the actual content, and then that's not including the front cover. If you want to include that, um, there's two photos on the back of the portrait of me, a really old portrait, actually. I need to update it, and um, and then a photo of me on my uh, my Jeep, uh, my former Jeep, that is, and I'm doing like an Ansel Adams uh, tribute photo where he stands on his car with a tripod and camera. So, yeah, but the actual photos like that I took is. I think it's like a hundred, hundred one. So, but yeah, it was pretty tough curating that whole. Like, I looked through my entire back catalog, everything, the raw files, even, and I'm just like scouring for anything that I might have missed, um, stuff I could re-edit, you know, and just improve the edit of the photo itself. Um, but yeah, I pretty much pared it down to about a yeah, hundred photos, which I feel like over five years. I mean, that's it was tough trying to pick favorites, I guess, but like, I somehow made it work. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, and what what medium did you make it through? Like, did you do independent, or did you go through a website? Or uh, it's blurb, yeah. So it's self published. Um, they have a pretty nice software. It's called Bookwrite. Um, I'm not affiliated. We aren't affiliated. I'm just talking about my experience uh, making my book for the first time on there uh, through Blurb. Um, but yeah, they have this software you call Bookwrite, and um, it's basically just it's very simple. Honestly, it's drag and drop. You can put text, you can put other different graphics, you can upload different kinds of uh, JPEG files. Um, you can design the cover, front and back covers. You can do like, if you have a, a hardcover dust jacket um, a project, you can you edit that to be specifically like a different photo or whatever. Um, so there's like lots of different options with them. 
it's fully featured and uh, it's pretty cool because I had everything in my folder, my photos that is, and I upload them all at once. And then there's like an auto feature and this like saved me so much time. Um, it's like an auto um, like sort feature. Um, and so it sorted them by date created. So I had them all in chronological order, which was my original intention anyways. Um, so it's pretty cool to actually like just do that with like a one click feature. Um, and it, it sizes them automatically based on your project. Um, I think that this is a it's a square photo book, the one I made. It's like a seven by seven, I think. Um, so it's pretty small. It's very portable, uh, lightweight, it's soft cover, like I said, with a glossy uh, front and back. Um, but the actual insides is just simply the photos. There's um, I originally took all this time to make like captions and the year created and stuff, but mm -hmm. I just I just kind of with a smaller size. I just kept it real simple. I was just like, I just want the photos, honestly, on like a white paper, you know, just keep it focused on solely on that, um, considering the small pocket size of this. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, with a hundred photos, all those captions, I mean, that would also take like, I can't imagine how long that would take. Um, so you mm -hmm. probably want to be pretty in depth on those two. Um, and were you, you said it was a, like chronological, were you like looking for your best photos or more just kind of showing your progression oh that's good that's a good question um both actually i mean it's it's that five years is definitely showing my progression of course as a photographer mm -hmm. um but it's definitely a combination of like technically the best ones i mean emphasis on technically as in like the lighting the exposure and then there's also a couple in there that I threw in there like just personal favorites um like actually the very first photo in there is a it's from 2016 way back when so this is like baby Ryan at this point i had like my rebel t3 a 75 to 300 uh, my lens on there not even like my big telephoto nowadays but there's a turkey vulture that perched on a tree um i was out hiking with a buddy um here in town and it just perched on a tree and it has this very spotty overhead light there's some book on the background but there's lots of uh diffraction because of mm -hmm. infringing yeah so, um, so yeah 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 so it's like this red and green bands um in like the white spots the high the hot spots the highlights um in the back of the image and it's it's still a photo that's like i really enjoy because it was my very first sighting of a turkey vulture and it was very up close and it was like a total surprise i mean i'm just walking along the trail you know chit-chatting and then like out from like the right of me just like swoops in or swoops rises above me and like there's a turkey vulture just on the ground basically or on like on a log and then he gets on the screen and everything, and he's just perched high and mighty above me. And the, like, the photo itself shows that perspective. He's just towering over me. You can clearly tell I'm pointing my camera up and everything, but I was just merely reacting to this cool surprise. And um, like I said, it's not the technically the most like amazing photo, but like I just feel like it was a great start to the book. Um, to you know start yeah. on that show, show show like the progression in my camera skills and just maybe even composition. I don't know, but um, it was a good start. I'm sure at the time too, you probably thought it was an amazing photo. So it's kind of, oh, like yeah. it, it was your best photo for the time, but nowadays you probably look down on it. Not the <laughs> story behind the photo, but just the photo itself. You know, like, no, why did it, I do this? Or why did I do this <laughs> setting? You know, 100%. But I mean, like I said, it was, it's one of those like, I guess, uh, moments where like the photo and the, the, excuse me, the story and the experience is like more cooler than the photo. Cause like, I, you know, it's like I said, it's midday light. It was really spotty in the woodland there um, by the river. And like, I just took the photo and like, I could have not taken it, but you know, the photo is actually pretty tack sharp. Um, now I'm looking at it right now, as I look at the book, 
Um, it's pretty high IA, so um, I believe I was at 5.62 for an aperture, so it's pretty wide open. I wish introduced that book, of course, in the background. Um, but, you know, it's it's still an image I actually enjoy. Um, I printed it um, all those years ago, like you said. It was one of my favorites, and I printed it um, nice and big a couple times, and I still have a couple prints of that. Um, but, yeah, by today's standards, I wouldn't let this slide. I probably wouldn't even edit it, quite frankly. Oof, yeah. But um, but back then, I was just like, this is as cool as it gets. And it's this moment, actually, is what sparked my interest in birding, honestly. This is one of those bird moments where I was like, this big bird, you know, it's cool looking. And I got a photo of it too. I was it's just a like, dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I finally seen one. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was one cool moment. So um, all these, I, I really wish I could cram so much more into this book. Cause I just have all these ambitious ideas, but like, cause all these photos mean something to me in different ways. There's stories with each one, of course, like anyone's work. So yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun putting together and kind of get more sentimental about like the just the work over the years, I guess. Is it just wildlife or kind of all your genres? Um, yeah, it's everything in nature, outdoor, um, which is most of what I've done. Um, I was thinking early on when I was putting the book together and the photos, I was thinking about including some of my more recent, and by recent I mean like the past year, uh, the more architectural, you know, human man-made stuff. Um, and I, I didn't want to include it just because of the name of the book. I, I titled it Natural Ohio, if you don't know by now. Um, and I just want to keep it more natural. So there's minimal, I guess, human-made things. I, there's a golden hour gull shot, a ring-billed gull. And it has this gorgeous, gorgeous, like, uh, orange golden hour light on it. And it's on this uh, bowie, I think it is. It's like those things out in the lake or whatever. It says no boats on it, um, swimming area or whatever. But um, I just could not not included you know it's, it just was a beautiful image and beautiful light so stuff like that so that's about as far as i went but um yeah it's 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 a little bit of everything landscape wildlife uh macro flowers um everything we like to talk about on the show here cool. yeah i mean it describes you so why leave anything out yeah. oh definitely yeah um now if i make I, this probably the because this book was a lot took a lot out of me and it's i did it mainly for I put it for sale because, you know, that would be nice. But, like, it's mainly just for me to make it and say I made one, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So it's more like a creative project, I guess. I wasn't expecting to sell, you know, millions of copies, of course. But I just wanted to say I made it, you know. Um, so uh, where's it going at with that, though? Total brain fart. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, is what I was getting at is, like, I don't think I'll make another photo book for a long time. Um, we'll see. You know, maybe if, it, maybe if I ever did get a publisher deal, you never know. Um, but, um, yeah. Okay. What I was getting at, sorry. What I was getting at with that is that like my next photo books, if I do make them would be much more specific. This was a nice beginning where it was just kind of like a, uh, greatest hits, if you will, or just like a best of compilation. But like, yeah, yeah. every, every nature photographer, every photographer, they, they start out usually with the greatest hits. I think that's a good, good thing Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, I would recommend that too. And you know, just look over your work, however long ago it was. You could have started months ago, or in my case, years. And just yeah, choose your favorite ones or your your most technically amazing ones. You know, just any of that. But um, well, yeah, when I, mean, I just... was I, uh, when I was in Yosemite, I went to the Ansel Adams Gallery, and uh, I oh, yeah. bought his uh, four hundred photos, like a book of four hundred photos, kind of chronological, 
and it tells the stories too and it's just it's really cool i could have gone for more specific but uh i really like kind of the progression there oh yeah i, I think i have seen that one i don't i don't own it but i think i've like rented it at the library and yeah that, that's a great one from him um just hearing all those different stories and everything um so yeah that's awesome Sorry yeah, I feel like it's. On. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no, you're good. Yeah, no, Ansel's great. I mean, he's he's a big reason why I made photo books. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of these recent YouTubers they they made these really modernized, beautiful coffee table style books. Um, just I've I've been ordering enough of those and reading them, and they're they're inspiring on their own, of course. Um, but uh, like I said, I just want to keep this one nice and simple. It's small. It's fairly affordable. I I tried to keep the pricing fair, but still deliver a lot of good quality photos and content in the book. Um, I did not include any like EXIF data. I thought about doing that in like an index style thing in the back of the book, um, but I just forgot that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just made this over the span of a few weeks, but um, my original conception for the idea of this book was like much bigger. It was going to have a lot more, like I said, stuff with it. That got to be way too expensive. And I was like, I can't do this because I don't want to charge it that much. You know, I'm talking like over a hundred bucks. So so this was like the result, basically. I kind of got it to pare down my vision to something smaller, but still something I can live with, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the photos tell the greatest stories. So. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it uh, looks like a nice, high-quality book and good colors and everything, so good providers. Yeah, so. thank you. Um, I will say it's like I sequenced the book. I mean, it's all chronological order, but like I sequenced the photos in such a way because I really wanted to pay attention to like design of it. Like it's not just a mishmash like on every two two page spread. Um, so I did kind of pair the photos, just kind of messed around with them and the arrangements. So I did get ones that are much more like either really striking and contrasting in color or like ones that are complementary on each two pages. So um, I feel like it worked out pretty well and, you know, it actually naturally flowed pretty easily, so it's quite fortunate because the the nice thing about chronological is it means with the seasons too. So like, you get lots of gray stuff in winter usually, lots of greenery in summer, and so on. So yeah, it worked out pretty well. Oh okay, yeah, that that's cool how you kind of paired them together like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably makes for a very nice arrangement. So. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. I don't know what else there's to say about, you know, unless if I ramble on incessantly, but yeah, just it's a nice little thing to put together. I'd recommend a lot of people do it. Um, I did include actually some words in the f uh, the very first page. It's just like a forward and acknowledgements. Um, so I'm just kind of briefly talking about, um, very briefly, that is my story about, you know, first picking up the camera, experiencing all that, and then basically bringing it fast forward to me writing out this forward and saying about how, what the book's about, uh, the photo book and, um, yeah, and then I just shout out some people in the book. So it's pretty much it, though. So I really enjoyed making it, and um, yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, it's awesome. Make sure you guys uh, check that out. There'll be uh, we can probably put a link in the podcast description, and there'll be there's links on Ryan's social media as well. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm also one more thing actually. I might be making like some kind of cinematic video on my YouTube channel, like unveiling it i mean it's been out for weeks now um but like something maybe with like voiceover i don't know i'm still thinking of, out the idea but it could be something cool to make so we'll see 
Um, so yeah, anything else about the book? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, let's hear more about the webinar, though. Yeah, so uh, last Wednesday, uh, I did a webinar for Nampa. It was pretty awesome. It was a young photographer's panel. Um, so it was with three other photographers, uh, Martin Culpepper, Corey Hart, who uh, is a lost guest of the show. Um, and then, uh, Daphne, don't know her last name, but, uh, Daphne, um, it was a great show. Uh, it lasts about an hour and a half. Um, it started out, we all kind of just explained, um, kind of what, uh, what kind of shooting we do. We showed off a couple photos, talked about what gear we had. Um, and then we went into some, uh, questions and we knew the, the general questions we knew beforehand, but there was also a a nice Q&A session at the end as well. Um, and mostly the, the planned questions were about conservation, so that was very interesting. Uh, one of the big topics was like uh, baiting and uh, bird calls, um, ethics behind that. Um, we also talked about like preserving natural lands, drones, all kinds of things. Uh, I know uh, with drones, I, I saw you brought a drone recently, Ryan, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, I haven't got it to work actually, or I did, but like I tried connecting to it earlier today just to fly around the backyard, and it's like not working. So I'll oh. have to like tinker. Oh, no. I'll have to tinker with it some more. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but um, yeah, but hopefully I get it working. Yeah. Um. So it it was a great panel, really. Some great audience questions. We had about sixty live listeners. Um, and, and if you guys are NAMPA members, you can go back and watch the recording. Um, unfortunately, it's not available to the public, but if you are NAMPA, you can go in and watch that. Um, and it was just a great, this was my first big presentation. Um, I've got some more coming up um, soon. Like, uh, I think next, or in two weeks, um, I'll be on, or no. Yeah, two weeks. Um, I'll be on a podcast on Facebook Live, or not a podcast, just a presentation on Facebook Live, um, with once again two former guests of the show, uh, David Johnson and Corey Hart, um, as well as Tony Baldessaro. Uh, we'll be talking about landscape photography specifically, um, so that'll be pretty fun. Um, I'm also that week. I'm appearing on a podcast as a guest as well. I don't know too much about that, but uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, so. Yeah, I've got some cool things coming, um, and I, I really enjoy doing presentations. I feel like um, if I do make it my career someday, I'd love to have that be a, a big cornerstone in my business, kind of the online presentation, or even in person, too, in the future. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, it was really fun and a great way to get into it. Awesome. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see doing more like speaking engagements or like even a TED talk. Maybe that'd be really cool. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> you could do it, man. Anyone can do it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I tuned in for this when it was live and yeah, I'd agree. It's, it's great. And it, I think it only was supposed to last an hour, but like you said, it, it lasted an hour and a half and it was, you know, it was worth every second just to hear you guys, your unique lens, I guess on, you know, the natural world and, um, I'm not I, like I always say I'm not that much older than you, but it's great to hear like you guys, not only taking great photographs of course, but also caring much about the the wildlife and the environment of course too. So that's really great. Mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's, it's definitely good to see that because there's not a lot of people who care anymore, unfortunately. 
Um, and our our environment's only going to get worse, so we we need advocates, young advocates, to help with that. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, maybe for anyone that doesn't know or isn't aware, um, what what exactly is Nampa? So Nampa is the uh, North American Nature Photographers Association. Um, it it's pretty it's a pretty old organization. It's been around since the early '90s, I believe. Um, and it's just it's just really community for nature photographers. So it's just a small monthly fee. I believe it's like ten dollars a month or something. Um, and you get access to a wide variety of things. Like you get uh, forums. Uh, there's a cool thing you can get access to where you, you can meet up with local photographers in your area. You can say like, I'm a wildlife photographer. This is the area I live in. This is my experience level. And that they can try to match you up with a photographer if you want to go out shooting. Um, I haven't used that yet, but I, I think I definitely will at some point. Um, they have uh, like free workshops you can do, free online webinars. Um, it's just, it's a really great organization. Uh, it's, it's kind of like the nature photographers organization in America, really. Um, it's got a podcast too, which is great. Um, it's a great listen. Make sure you guys check that out. If you're, it's, it's very similar to this show. So, uh, our, our listeners will probably enjoy it. Um, it's, it's run by nature photographers. It's not like there's some like executives that have nothing to do with photography. Like they are nature photographers. And <laughs> the leadership changes. Like it's a vote, I believe. So I don't know if you know who Dawn Wilson is, but she's the president of Nampa right now. Uh, she's a great photographer. I've, I've talked to her before. Uh, yeah, it's a great organization. I'm happy to be a part of it. So Awesome. Yeah. I, I was a member. I think I let my membership run out sadly, but um, you know, watching that kind of made me think twice, but I let it run out like three years ago, but I remember it being, you know, an excellent resource. Um, like you said, the podcast, there's all those webinars and it gives you the full history of them to view and listen, which is great too. Um, as a member that is, and, um, yeah, it's just a great community. Um, there's like forums, like you said, uh, the meetups, you know, just lots of different great tools. And uh, I believe there's even discounts on like insurance as well, gear insurance and travel so yeah just great oh, yeah. perks and uh -huh. benefits too yeah and um once again we're not sponsored by them of course we're just talking about our experiences but um yeah it's a great organization and um yeah like you said there's really nothing quite like it like an organization like that um i think the closest one's nature photographers network npn but even that's more about the community and forum aspect i think more than like this um but yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's it's great so yeah and they do a lot of conservation work too, as well. A lot of their money goes towards directly towards that. So it's definitely yeah, it's, not a for-profit thing. They they give back a lot. So oh, for sure. Yeah, I like how everything they pretty much everything they do, every action as a as an organization. I keep saying that organization is that um, it's all done with a conservation mindset, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely is like a fine art, you know, like creative aspect to the photos and um, the people's work, I guess, but like, yeah, it's definitely all done with like respect for the landscape and all that, the wildlife. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's made up too of, uh, you know, macro landscape, wildlife, you know, oh, all yeah. of them. So everything, anything nature, there's a place for you there. So. And a lot of big names too are, uh, members or have been oh, yeah. long time members too. So mm -hmm. yeah, you'll be along, you'd be among the greats. <laughs> the legends. Thank you. I don't know about that, but yeah, thanks. 
We are. You're you're a member, or are you a member? Sure. Or... I, yeah, I am a member. Yep. I wasn't sure if he had to be the BO in the webinar or not. So. Uh, yeah, they they gave me one, so that was pretty nice of them. Okay. Hey, that works too. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you got it at least. But um, yeah, it was a great webinar. Um, Thank just you. hearing you guys, you guys' work, and um, you gave you gave the show and me a shout out. You didn't have to give me a shout out, but I was kind of expecting almost you to say something about the podcast. So that's great. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was cool. And um, it was a lot of fun to hear in that and everything. Um, what, what do you think you like took away maybe from the show, from the, the webinar there? Like well, anything? Uh, one thing I took away that it is nerve wracking, let me tell you. I mean, it's it's just like I felt very nervous. Uh, uh, I try not to come <laughs> off that way, but it's uh, – it's a lot of people and it's, I mean, it wasn't that many people, but it's just, you know, what, what if I said something wrong or what if I got a fact wrong about conservation or something like I just, mm. I was very nervous, but, um, I was able to, you know, pull my nerves together, um, and do it, but it's, uh, I probably should have prepped a little bit more. Probably I did mostly improvise, you know, answers, um, uh, which I think I think it worked, but I probably should have done a little bit more research, maybe gotten some facts to back everything up. But uh, uh, I mean, it was good. So awesome, yeah. Um, did you have to make like a presentation or a slideshow, or did you have any like script to read off of? Yeah, so I knew I knew the questions, um, the main questions that Gary asked, um, and then I knew about the photos, so I already had a slideshow of photos, and then my gear. Um, but besides that, it was pretty chill, which was nice because, you know, I, I am pretty busy, so it was nice not to have to, like, type up a three-page thing um, for an hour-and-a-half-long presentation, so. Of course. Yeah, the laid-back settings always preferred, usually, mm -hmm. so it just yeah, it felt more and, like a conversation between you guys, almost. Yeah, and when I, I'm doing some camera clubs later this year, and for that, of course, I'll, I'll do a lot more prep work because it's you know, solo presentation. So I'll work hard on a, a nice slideshow with a script and everything, um, or at least, uh, some loose notes to follow. Uh, but the spontaneous ones, um, you know, you can just kind of wing it a bit. Mm -hmm. Now you, you've, I think you've established like a working relationship with, uh, Gary Farber, who was on that, uh, on the webinar. And of course we talked to Corey before, but did you ever talk to like Daphne or Martin before that show, the recording? Uh, Martin, yes. Um, Martin, uh, I'm going to do, be doing some collabs with Martin next year. I uh, can't talk about it on here, but, uh, so I already knew Martin. I'd, I'd had some meetings with him. Uh, Daphne, no. Um, but, uh, I'll probably, you know, since she's kind of affiliated with hunts, I'll probably work with her more in the future. Uh, I'm sure. And then, uh, Corey's, you know, a good friend of me and Ryan's. Uh, he's been on the show file corrupted but we still consider him a guest in our hearts uh <laughs> he'll be but, back yeah. uh I, I don't know the nature photography community feels so small i i even even though i didn't know daphne i felt like i know knew her just because you know we do the same things really um it's just a oh, small yeah. it's a very small community uh you know some you got... some of the big names might have hundreds of thousands of followers but they're still they're still a part of it too you know like they're you know it's it's, it's small really <laughs> it's it's small but like in a good way i think where it's it's pretty yeah. inclusive um and like especially like your guys's age range is very niche i'd say oh like yeah. i said before especially from a 
not only photography standpoint, but conservation too. Like I said before, like you guys really have an emphasis on that, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just kind of our generation's thing with, we see climate change and all these problems and some of us want to do something about it. So, uh, right. <laughs> and of course, nature photographers, they're more inclined to care about that too. Um, of course, you know, you always meet some who don't, you know, and they're, you're pure, they're purely out there for their own gain. Um, you know, that was probably me in the start, you know, to an extent. Um, but I quickly learned that I'm, you know, nature is not for me. It's, for, for the animals and for the plants um, and I'm only a guest so oh yeah definitely I think you mentioned actually um, about you know early you basically admitted like your your <laughs> mistakes I guess early on where you're like mm-hmm. yeah I used to go trample through some vegetation somewhere mm-hmm. like you, you're very you're very raw and honest about which is which is pretty great so most people wouldn't admit to that I think especially on a live recording of course too yeah I mean I'm I'm sure they probably did it too. I mean, let's be honest. Like people take shortcuts in life. You know, sometimes I didn't even know <laughs> what I was doing was wrong. You know, nobody ever taught me that. So I just kind of, you know, eventually realized that. Uh, and yeah, I just I I didn't want to hide anything. You know, I'd feel fake just saying I've never trampled plants before. You know, I don't want to be like pretentious or above anybody. I just kind of wanted to admit what I did and say how I changed because I think that makes it more relatable too right right yeah I mean all of you had like an authenticity you know you guys all seemed like you're speaking from the heart you know things about you care about and like yeah definitely seem to be with integrity which is you know respectful of course yeah um so So yeah I think that's sorry what are you saying so are are you glad you did it uh, yes, I'm very glad it did. It was great. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, yep. I recommend um, you guys all check it out. It's neat because like all four of you had different, like you all kind of had some overlap, of course, some wildlife stuff, but some landscapes. Like there's definitely like some overlap, but like it's all neat because you each of you had different things you specialized in. I think too, which is cool too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like in the young photography community, I don't know why, but it seems very heavy birds. Um, so it was good to get a nice variety in there. Mm-hmm. I think Corey did landscapes pretty much uh-huh. exclusively. Um, did Daphne do only birds? I believe, right? I think I think Daphne's kind of does both. Um, okay. Uh, and then you know Martin's all wildlife, and then mainly owls. There's me who is kind of in the middle of all of that. Both. All outdoors. <laughs> yep. uh-huh. Oh yep. gosh. That cracked me up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, so it yeah. is a great weapon. Webinar, Thank you. Though. Yeah. yeah um, I cool. have a couple more updates I just wanted to talk about. I, I completely forgot. Sure. Uh, Fire away. My, due to the global ship, like chip shortage, uh, my 100 to 500 is still not here, by the way. So I'm still still on the 600 F11 yeah, chugging along. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a bummer, though. Hopefully, that should come soon. Uh, I haven't paid for it yet or anything. I, I won't have to pay till it, you know gets shipped, but um, hopefully soon. You know, uh, I think I heard there are some out there. Uh, I'm apparently on Canon's list, so hopefully that that will come soon. Um, and then I'm also I'm 
I'm going to Asheville, North Carolina in fall break. I'm going to see a college out there. I'm also going to do a ton of photography. So I hope to get maybe some black bear photos or uh, there are elk there. So I'll do some elk um, and just get some nice smoky mountain landscapes. So I'm kind of early stages of planning that. So I'm pretty excited. Awesome, dude. Every time we talk, it's always something new and big. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just still doing the same old stuff. Hey, you're doing great work, too. Great work. You've had uh, so many galleries and good projects. And... Yeah, I mean, that's all that stuff. Um, other than that, not too many other announcements for me right now um, that I haven't already mentioned, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's been a great episode, at least, overall. It's been great talking. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for watching the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.